The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to another issue of Dueling Reviews. Two guys, one comic, infinite possibilities. Would have been three guys, but Zach didn't read the book this week. <laughs> He's like, I'm Zach! Was I supposed to read that? I'm, I'm just sitting about... here. I'll just listen to you old people talk. Thinking about Fall Out Boy lyrics and candy bracelets. Mmm, candy bracelets. So uh, this week, a book that I was very excited about reading, Mark Wade, Green Hornet from Dynamite Entertainment. Yeah. Um... You know, Green Hornet has been up and down the list for me. I'm not a huge Green Hornet fan if you compare me to the likes of The Shadow and Doc Savage and Batman and The Lone Ranger. I mean, I think if you were to put me in pulpy character ranking, it would be Doc Savage, Batman, The Shadow, Lone Ranger, and then The Green Hornet would be down there at the bottom of my top five list. Mm. Matthew, what about you? Matthew is here. He also has some thoughts on things. You're totally wrong. What are we going to well, it, it goes Shadow, Avenger, Green Hornet, Doc Savage, and, <laughs> and then uh, probably Miss Fury. <laughs> um, well, oh, actually, you're so I, misguided, Matthew. You know, well, I, you, I pray for your soul every night. My favorite pulp hero is William Randolph Hearst. Well, and so here Hello. we go. From the very beginning of this book, if you look at the uh, the cover with the Green Hornet standing on the stack of newspapers, that is a page right out of Citizen Kane. Uh, that's oh, yeah. the that's the big shot that people often see when you see Orson Welles as a Charles Foster Kane in this book. Here, of course, we're implying or the implication is that the Green Hornet is larger than life. You know, yeah. who is that man? Who is that man? The Daily uh, Sentinel says Hornet's still at large. I, I love this uh, kind of flashback that uh, Wade does in the beginning where we take a, a website mm-hmm. and then we go back to media in a car or on a home stereo or something looks like in a car and then it goes back to and says encyclopedia britannica and then finally we land on uh, the daily sentinel and so we're traveling back in time and just through that one page transition it uh, is a nice transition and then we're you know all along the way uh, brit reed is uh, is narrating to the point what one point he actually it's almost like he's dictating the story and I'm mm-hmm. going to bet that that's the way it is. We're seeing him dictate the story to the Sentinel's cover because he even says, wait, redact that, go back, scratch that and replace it with. He makes reference to yeah. the Lone Ranger, although Lone, although the Lone Ranger is not mentioned by name in the book, per se. Yeah. My great uncle. Uh, they mention about a lone. Um, a resourceful masked writer in the Old West. Yeah. They mention him as a lone vigilante. Um, mm-hmm. later in the book, they do mention the silver mine. So, you know, Wade is tying into the Lone Ranger character quite a bit. In fact, yeah. there's a lot of references to, uh, pulpy characters of the time. There's a direct reference to, Hey, maybe I need to be like that shadow guy in New York. There's right. a, another reference, which I thought was well done. And I don't know if it was intended, but knowing Mark Wade, it probably was, uh, when mm-hmm. they talk about the rival newspaper and it's yellow journalism, uh-huh. uh, Kane, K-A-N-E is the 
is the editor. Yeah. yeah, and of course, Kane, as everyone knows, is the former WWE World Champion. Yes, Charles uh, he's Foster Kane, six foot eight with flames on his tights. Oh, Charles Foster Kane—that's a different guy. Now, the question I have, Matthew, okay. as as we get into this, um, uh-huh. and they show the uh, the Chronicle, which is the um, the rival newspaper, the Yellow Pulp journalism paper that's trying to put Britt Reid down and mm-hmm. um, show him as nothing more than a muckraker. Was that a, uh, was that the uh, uh, Kane's newspaper line? Mucky, muck, 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 muckety buck. Now, going back, I have, and this is going to be sad, I probably haven't seen Citizen Kane in 20 years mm. since I ruined it for Tom Boaz in college, but um, I can't find anything that indicates that it wasn't. Now, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is that Citizen Kane did have a lot of scenes involving multiple papers. Right. And I, I'm almost certain, and someone will say, someone right now is yelling, no, you're wrong. I'm almost certain that one of those spinning newspaper scenes had a chronicle in it. But I, I can neither confirm nor deny that at this time. So give me a rundown of the story here. I've kind of given some of the broad strokes of what we found in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, about the, what about the nitty-gritty details of the, uh, of the story? The breakdown of it is really kind of brilliant because the Green Hornet has been in print for probably five years from Dynamite, but this issue treats it as a number one. Right. It doesn't say the other stuff didn't happen. It just starts it from the beginning. Right. The it previous, explains to us. Uh, Kevin yeah. Smith doing the previous Green Hornet run. Kevin Smith, and then or he handed it off name, to yeah. uh, uh, Phil Hester. Mm-hmm. And then Hester did a pretty good run with it. But they – Basically run down the gimmick. This is the Green Hornet. This is what he does. They send him and Cato off in a mission. They do deal with one of the biggest plot holes that you will ever see in any superhero in that Cato is yes. routinely referred to in action as Cato. Mm-hmm. But here, the Hornet, who, as some people may know, and if you didn't know, I'm going to tell you right now, the Green Hornet's thing is that he pretends to be a villain. Right. He infiltrates the underworld by pretending to be a villain. So at this point, he's having a meeting with another mob boss, and the mob boss is like, so what's your name, bodyguard? And Cato just looks at him silently, and we see a quick flashback. What are you going to call yourself, Cato? I don't need a name. It's really kind of intense and very yeah, yeah. dark and ninja-esque. And I, I'm one of the, probably the few people who kind of liked the comedic take. On the Green Hornet. I oh, would have sure. liked it better if it weren't, if it were like, if, if this Britt Reed from the 60s television show had existed and this was like his, his great really? nephew. Because that Britt Reed was kind of a buffoon, always needing Kato to pull his, pull his uh, butt out of the fire. He wasn't as much of a buffoon as the public mindset has. I think part of that is an informed attribute on the, the part of people actually listening. Mm-hmm. I still – the shows are on Saturday mornings on one of the local snot channels. But uh, what do you call those things where it's like um, – I don't know what it is. It's it's a, not a high-frequency thing. It's one of the high-def channels. It's the equivalent oh, of the old the old VHF things that you. You're talking at. about like the dot ones that you get over your over the air. Exactly. AC. Yeah, yeah. We have a dot one channel that actually reruns uh, the Green Hornet and I'm Wild Wild look, West. I'm going to have to look on ours because I was flipping through the other day and I saw like Petticoat Junction and Gomer Pyle. So I'm sure. Yeah. 
Do you have you seen Green Hornet there, Zach? Yeah, Zach's nodding his head. Yeah, I like the I, I, I like the fact that Reed is a more serious character here and and not played off as some foolery. I like that he's using his guys as the underworld person uh, to get at who's really dealing the deals on the docks, and then turning right around and uh, turning that into a newspaper story. Now, um, Mister Axford, Mike Axford, yes. Mike Axford. Is he on the take? Is he? I mean, it's pretty clear the way that Wade writes this that everyone in Chicago is on the take or is corrupt. Historically speaking, Mike Axford works well in in the the last indication that I remember. Mike Axford works for the newspaper, right? And Axford is uh, one of the guys who is he's basically the uh, the on the street. Not the Peter Parker type guy, but the guy who's out there and he's going to figure things out, at least from the television Well, just show. because the way he's... So Axford was not on the take in the last incarnation that I remember seeing and him. I'm, I'm certainly sure he's not here either, but the way he's saying, hey, you need to shift your focus away from public officials and start focusing on the Green Hornet. And then you get the governor coming in and saying, hey, stop harassing good citizens. Yes. It, it almost made it feel like Mike was on the take too. But, you know, later he's out... Uh, working on a story, he gets all sorts of pictures to, um, yep. um, what is this source connect sanitation exec to heiress kidnapping? <laughs> Interesting. See, we don't necessarily see that. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but if you, as we read through this issue, the Hornet goes into action, right. And the governor is actually implicated, right. During and the, the dock worker, dock workers are implicated in everything. And it looks like Mike gets his hash handed to him. He does. And then uh, the governor has the misfortune of going head to head with Cato, mm-hmm. which uh, is actually and this is something that I consider to be partially brave and partially an interesting decision by Wade in terms of the time frame. Right. The governor throws a racial slur at Cato. Uh, so that would be odd. Why? Well, not necessarily odd in, again, it's not something that I don't expect to see, but these days you only see that in two places, a, a period piece, which this is right. And B an explanation of this guy is super bad because he's also racist y'all. <laughs> well, okay. I can see that, but I guess, uh, yeah. Okay. So I can see that that can be bad from a, you know, he has it's, to threaten the baby nice, in order to, for you to really understand that he's a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. He has to throw the, the racial slur so that you know that he's the bad guy. I mean, I think right. readers already yeah, – maybe so. Maybe that is kind of a, a step down for Wade. I really don't think so. I think that that's just like a product of the time. Down. I think what it is is it's something that was intentionally designed to evoke the time frame – well, what we expect the time frame of the 1930s to be like. Right. And, you know, calling the Japanese man yellow, you can you can play it one of two ways. It could also, you know, if anybody is terrifically offended and says you're horrible, Dynamite can go, no, 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 he was calling him cowardly. But it fits True. within the story, and it does help to make the governor character, who, by the way, is a, a drug peddler and a thief and a smuggler. And, and he's I working, and he, he's obviously corrupt, working with the uh, mob the boss on the, on the docks. Yeah. And he gets his comeuppance, and everybody's and he, happy. Is that what you call uh, Cato's foot in your face? Well, that is your comeuppance. And the, your, your comeuppance has come <laughs> up and struck you in the face. So the weird part of this, though, is 
the Green Hornet is a quote unquote villain, even though he's working it backwards. He's, uh, you know, he's a double agent, right? Mm -hmm. Which makes this last page of the book really, really weird. And here we get into major spoilery territory for those people who are always worried about spoilers. Liking them or not liking them, we're including them here. And sorry, Mark Wade and anyone else that's listening that haven't bought this book yet. This is the facts. At a shabby butcher shop, uh, we see a green suited man walking into a butcher shop. With a cane. With a cane. He is going into the back. We never see his face clearly. A woman is standing at the counter and saying, isn't that? And the butcher saying, no, you're going to order something. And then the man, still with the Brit Reed voiceover, going down into the sub cellar, the sub basement, and meeting the mad bomber. And the two are acting like they're, they know each other. And basically the final thought is thanks to Britt Reed and the Sentinel, the port is in chaos. We can strike at any time. When will you be ready? And the mad bomber saying now. And so I wonder, is this someone impersonating the green Hornet? Is this really Britt Reed taking that dual identity too far to further his cause? Have we seen the the Green Hornet do anything like this before where he intentionally goes on a terrorist spree, so to speak, or become a mob boss, so to speak, just so he can take it down from the inside? Well, the Hornet has always had the MO of, I'm a mob boss, or I'm going to be a mob boss, or I must be a mob boss because I wear no socks or something. I don't know. But what we look at here, and one of the things that I'm not sure about is the character's face is obscured. Right. And it's obscured in such a way that you're not supposed to think that it's intentional, which makes me think that – It's intentionally misleading. Oh, yeah. It's it's clearly intentional. Oh, I see what they I'm did there. Sure the artist is not showing us the face so that we know that it's not Britt Reed, but maybe that's exactly what – Mark Wade and um, the artist, uh, let's get his name out there, uh, Daniel um, Indro, or Iindro. I would um, say Indro. Indro. Have planning, you know, the double switch, just like like what Reed is doing. He's playing that double switch in this book. Mm, Possible. Like I say, it's not clear to me whether that is meant to be the Green Hornet. I don't know that it is. If it is, it would be interesting. Not necessarily a bad thing. Were you reading Dynamite's uh, Green Hornet before this issue? I had stopped reading Dynamite's Green Hornet regularly. Um, I When they originally relaunched it as the, the Kevin Smith version right. with the new Alex Ross costume, I was in for a while, mm-hmm. but the costume just kind of... Oh, woo. killed it for you? Yeah. And then Smith left, and for a while it was Phil Hester, and I came back, and I've been kind of paying attention but there was a time when dynamite you know right before the movie a couple of years ago was putting out seven or, or oh eight yeah yeah leading hornet. right up to that yeah they had the kato series and the daughters of kato series and the green, green hornet, hornet the legends of the green Sting hornet of the and, green hornet legends and, uh, of the green, green hornet, hornet strikes and um yeah, yeah legends the, of the green hornet uh, legends of the green hornet green hornet uh, in uh, green hornet comics. comics and then action hornets right and, uh, yeah. Friendly Neighborhood Green Hornet. Yep, all that stuff. Uncanny. So green I guess my question then, and I was asking this, is um, somebody pointed out the other day, and I forget who it was, that one of the things that made Mark Wade's 
uh, Daredevil so special was that it wasn't focused on the uber gritty violence. Right. It wasn't ninja, ninja, ninja. And so I was wondering, we see some violence and some, some action. We don't see, you know, people getting their brain shot out or anything. If Garth Ennis was writing this book, like we see with the shadow, <laughs> but is well, the shadow has always been more brutal than the horse. Well, but in, in Garth Ennis's hands and their artist, uh, you're seeing, you know, some sometimes the brain matter bullets coming out the backs of people and that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, do we see this kind of, I mean, are we seeing the continuation of Mark Wade's style with a, a daredevil coming through into this book as well in toning down the violence and making it more of a, uh, there's a lot of action here in here, but more story focused than action focused. I think that it's important to note that, uh, Wade's Daredevil is not without its violent content. Right. But that content is measured within a specific story that he wants to tell. And I think that when it comes to a character like the Green Hornet, you can get away with violent, violent, violent. But Britt Reed is a character, and, you know, Matt Murdock as well are characters who are driven by idealism. Right. The, uh, the newspaper owner who wants to wipe out corruption and the lawyer who wants to try and, you know, take down injustice from inside the system and out. They both have a thing where it's, it's not necessarily I'm going to shoot you in the face because you are bad. Whereas the shadow is a character without mercy. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's cool for the shadow. And I think it works for the shadow. I think that if we had Mark Wade's shadow, I don't know that Mark Wade would, it would keep him from that. flying away forever. <laughs> That's right. We'll <laughs> nail it to the ground. And Mark Wade Shadow will write comic books for us. <laughs> and he will fix the Sun Boy situation. <laughs> what did you think of the uh that's a whole different story. But what did you think of the art? Uh, we mentioned uh we love mentioned it. we mentioned uh Daniel Indro's art before. Yes, I love this. The cover is not by Daniel Indro, but the cover is brilliant. The interior of this book and again, there's there we've discussed dynamite having almost a house style. Yeah, I didn't notice that so much in here. It's not necessary. It's definitely it feels like a dynamite book. Right. The production and the values and the coloring are clearly a dynamite book, mm -hmm. but there's not necessarily a house style. And the thing that's fascinating is when you see Cato being Cato, mm -hmm. Cato looks awesome. The Hornet's uh, helmet and faceplate look awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's clearly made of some sort of metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's based on the original comic book uh, incarnation of the Green Hornet's uh, faceplate or mask or whatever one wants to call it. I really like this. I feel like it feels realistic as a period piece mm -hmm. without being heavily, without being too much, without being something where it's like, oh my God, look at that gorgeous car that I have drawn here. You know, it's understated. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. really well done. The facial expressions are nice. And quite frankly, if uh, Charles Foster Kane shows up, I think he's going to look super oh, awesome. That would be awesome. Now, the uh, when you're talking about the art style, the, the Dynamite House style, for those people who haven't heard me complain about it before, uh, to me, the Dynamite House style is you really crush your blacks. You really have right. super contrast in every image. And as I go back and look through this, I can see that appearing here and there. Again, we're looking at a digital 
a review copy that Dynamite sent us, not the print copy, so things could translate right. different in the print. Uh, but there right. are some darks. But, you know, in, in the past, when you would see a close-up of someone's face, for example, the mob boss uh, scene, mm-hmm. the the split between uh, uh, Green Hornet and the mob boss, you know, his mm-hmm. face would be much, much darker than that in the shadow areas. And uh, they're just not uh, they're just not doing that here. So this didn't feel quite like a Dynamite style. Now, that being said... I'll come back next month and go, I hate this dynamite style in this book. Quit crushing the blacks and let me see some detail. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, as hit you over the head as it has been in the past. Very well done in terms of, there's only one thing in the art that I was not particularly thrilled with. And that's one of those comparison things. Mm Mm-hmm. The woman who played Lenore Case in the 1960s television show yeah. was just incredibly gorgeous and a weird sort of unique gorgeous where she wasn't super conventionally pretty. She reminded me of Elizabeth Montgomery, who I was in love with from the day I was born, which is odd, but neither here nor there. I That's my only disappointment is Lenore Case is pretty, but she doesn't look like that actress. Yeah, and I was, and it's not quite Cameron Diaz either. I mean, she is, um, you know, boy, if Ale- if not Alex Ross, but if uh, Adam Hughes ever gets a hold of this series. Hubba hubba zoot zoot. Yeah, boy. So uh, what is kind of a bottom line for you on this, Matthew? This is the best single Green Hornet issue that I have read since mm. Now Comics in the 90s. Okay. And the Now comic series is one of my favorites, and even some of those books were not this good. But the first six issues of that were just brilliant. This is very good. And if you got burned out by multiple Green Hornet titles in 2011, this would be a good time to come back to the Green Hornet because this is a very strong start, and it seems to have some place that it's going. Yeah. And that some place looks interesting to me. You know, I don't know if this is the best Green Hornet book that I've read. I, I, I'm not going to say that this is a must buy. I think this is a very, uh, this is a strong buy recommend, recommendation, but not a must buy recommendation. And here's why. There's a lot of you and I getting all these inside jokes that are throwing in and out, the inside references that are being thrown about. Um, but people who are coming into this fresh with a number one and saying, oh, Green Hornet, I remember that uh, Seth Rogen uh, movie. I will go pick this up and read it. Uh, this looks like a great jumping on point. I think that they're going to be um, out of sorts. Now, that isn't Mark I don't Wade's think fault. anybody is going to come read this because of that movie. Well, they might. Young Zach's over there going, oh, yeah, Seth Rogen, he's my favorite. Ah, great on it. Tell him to finish detailing my car. <laughs> um, so I think that people coming into this with no conception of what the Green Hornet is might be rather disappointed and thrown off by that. Um, I'm not, I'm not that way, but I can see where people are going to say, well, what's going on? I don't understand. Why is he being bad and also good and blah, 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 because it doesn't come out and strictly say, I pretend that I'm a bad guy so I can catch the bad guys. Um, so I think that would kind of be kind of a bit of a failing from a new person's perspective. And so that's why I'm knocking it down just a little bit. On the other hand, on the other hand. As I've said before, just like last um, last week on the Major Spoilers podcast, when we were mm-hmm. talk, talking about Tokyo Babylon, I mm-hmm. like that we the reader is thrown into this world right. without any sense of really knowing what's going on so that the story can unfold and you can learn more. So if that's the direction Wade's going, I really, really like that. I don't hate this book. I don't think it's the best Green Hornet uh, story that I've ever read. Um, 
but it is it is very strong, and so that's why I'm giving it a strong buy recommendation. Very good. I would agree. You wouldn't except give it a must buy, except for the part where you say it's not the best. <laughs> It, it, it's strong. You know, I, I, I think I need to go back and, and read that Phil Hester number one again. I think I need no, to go back and read the Green Hornet. You need to go Hornet. back and read the now number one. I, I'll go back and read the now number one and and, and see how it compares. You need um, to read the first 10 issues, 12 issues, 10 issues. We'll split it up and call it 11. 12, 11 issues of the now of series. Them. No, you can't read all of them because some of them are really hard to find. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of disagreement. I don't think that neither one of us hate this book. I, you know, if I were to have it to give it a star rating or a big, I would give it a thumb and a half up, uh, you know, kind of position. I would say rush right out in a buying frenzy. I would say go and pick it up. I'm not saying rush right out there and push the old lady into the uh, street so you can get a copy. Why does everything turn into violence with you? Oh, man, that's that's the nature of our society. Didn't you know that, Matthew? Dude, I live in the city. <laughs> I live in the city. It's I my city. I'm locked in a dead, in an underground bunker with women in their 50s all day long. Come on. I don't want to hear about your fantasies. That's not my fantasy. That's my job. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that job. Zach shaking his head. I don't want to hear about it either, Mr. Schleicher. Please make him shut yeah, up. Zach's like, uh, can I hear more, please? <laughs> Listeners. I have a double uh, cross on Sister Immaculata we, from the Church of the Worthless Miracle. We want to thank she you so much. She was my sixth grade teacher. We want to thank everyone so much for uh, making uh, this podcast possible, for everyone who downloads and listens and comments over at the Majorspoilers.com website. If you want to see this uh, show continue, if you want to see uh, Matthew and I continue to have hijinks while we don't always agree, we're not always going to get into a shouting match with one another. No, you're wrong. Sorry. We're not always going to get into shouting matches with one another, <laughs> yes, uh, but we are. will have uh, nice disagreements uh, once in a while. But if you want to see dueling reviews, uh, does dueling mean fighting? No, it simply means, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Opposing necessarily or, or tiff comparative, comparative. Shall views. we, shall we go to dictionary.com? Com- comparative reviews does not sound as interesting as dueling no. reviews. Oh, we're going to have some new art coming up. <gasps> new art on the way from Carter Johnson once again, for those people that uh, seen the new art from Zach on film. Who have to, seen it. I, I uh, had to send Carter a picture of you today, Matthew. You what? Yep. There are no pictures of me. Yes, there are. Facebook.com, a, Matthew A Peterson. duel is a contest between two persons or parties. From the Latin duelum, an earlier form of a bellum, Given a sense duel by association with the Latin duo, meaning two. So two. So two views of a book. There you go, listeners. Dueling reviews. If you want to see this continue, we've got a lot of things going on. We want you to be part of the Major Spoilers uh, membership. Uh, Be part of the Major Spoilerite Nation. Uh, You can go over and sign up now at Majorspoilers.com. You can become a $5 uh, a month uh, donor or subscriber or a $10 a month subscriber. And very soon we will launch that uh, members site and there will be content in there. Uh, for those people, we've got uh, something coming up just around the corner involving a Zach on film. More on that in the future. the big one. The good thing Zach is, once we hit our funding goal of uh, once we hit our funding goal, we will create nope. another members only podcast that nope. uh, I just saw a pitch from Rodrigo the other day, and I think it is the winner. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. So Matthew, next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Abe Sapien, Dark and Terrible Number One. Meh. I think Rodrigo's reviewing that, uh, just reviewed that this past week. 
He action, did, yeah. That was last night. Action Comics number 19, Adventures of Superman. The, Wait, uh, is that the last uh, Grant Morrison issue? No, actually, number 18 was the last Grant Morrison issue. Are this you is, sure? This uh, issue number 19 is the one and only Andy Diggle issue. Diggle, diggle, diggle. So it's the last Andy Diggle. It's the last Andy Diggle Grant issue. Grant Morrison issue. Yes. Okay. Uh, Batwing number 19, uh, Dial H number 11, Earth 2 number 11. We're getting ready for the annuals for those uh, second wave books. Green Arrow number 19, Green Lantern number 19, Crawl to Me from IDW Publishing, Dungeons and Dragons, Trade Paperback, Godzilla, Half Century War number 5, Joe Palooka number 5, Kill Shakespeare, Tide of Blood number 2, Popeye number 12, Image Comics, it's starting to look like a slim month next, or a slim week next week. A slim um, month next week. Yes, slim month Every next week. Every week is a slim month. Bedlam number 6 from Image Comics, Black, Black uh, Acre number 5, is that that dirty one? No, you're thinking of Black Sad. Oh, no, no, no. What's that one that uh, is by, um, oh, bl- is that what I'm thinking of? Black Kiss? Yeah, the one Black that you Kiss review- is okay. different. Black Sad is also not adult, uh, kid appropriate. Glory number 34, Great Pacific number 6, Hack Slash, Mara number 4, uh, Nowhere Men number 3, Point of Impact is a trade paperback, Savage Dragon number 186, Sex number 1. You know what? That's the second printing of, uh of uh, sex number one and that's the one that we weren't able to do a couple of weeks ago so let's put that as the uh, might be sex number one age of apocalypse number 14 comes out from marvel comics age of ultron number four from marvel comics Uh, age of apocalypse number 14 man that didn't that just start like a couple of weeks ago age of apocalypse it started 14 issues ago (laughs) so under current marvel that's three weeks okay uh, Dark Tower, Gunslinger, Evil there have been Ground. Four issues of Spider-Man in the time we've been talking. <laughs> uh, lots of four uh, Iron Man books coming out next week. Huh, I wonder if there's a movie coming up. No, oh, I'm sorry. Marvel Iron Man Three Prelude is also coming out. That's a trade paperback. Red She-Hulk, Superior Spider-Man number seven, Thanos Rising number one. Now, ooh, Thanos Rising or second? You know what? I bet one of our uh, great writing staff might even be Matthew. We'll jump all over that Thanos Rising number one. Matthew and I, Matthew and I will hit sex number one next week on Dueling Reviews. Even though that book's been out for a while, it will be the second printing. Uh, you may remember that we weren't able to review sex number one because um, it either didn't get enough orders or sold out quickly at the regular comic book store. Right. Or uh, if you were with Comixology, Apple actually banned the sale of sex number one. The only way that you could get it, and we only found out much later was that you can go to the comicsology.com website, buy it there, and then sync that with your mobile device. So next week, sex number one, uh, we've both read it. I think we both have some thoughts on it, and we'll do that next time on Dueling Reviews. Anything else before we get out of here, Matthew? Mm, meatloaf. That's right. Two mystery meats, or one mystery meat. <laughs> Two guys, infinite possibilities. We'll talk with you next time. Spoilers is copyright 2013.